From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Cassidy Jackson. Welcome to The Weekly. In this podcast, we'll fill you in on the latest news and give you a deeper look at web editor Andrew Golden's investigative article looking at the lack of diversity among NCAA coaches. Here's what you need to know this week. The Illinois House and Senate passed a bill that would require public schools to educate students on the LGBTQ community's contributions to Illinois and U.S. history. The bill now awaits Governor J.B. Pritzker's signature. Last Friday, an exhibit titled Tibetans in Chicago, a story of resilience and success opened at the Noise Cultural Arts Center. It's meant to tell the story of Chicago's Tibetan refugee population, a community that grew after the Immigration Act of 1990 was passed. The exhibit is open to the public until August 23rd. On campus, starting July 1st, Charles Whitaker will step into the role of Dean of Northwestern's Medill School of Journalism, Media, Integrated Marketing Communications. Whitaker joined Medill's faculty in 1993 and has served as interim dean of the school since July 2018. Now for a deeper look at Golden's article. I sat down with Golden to hear where the idea came from and take a deeper look at his experience investigating diversity trends in the NCAA. Thank you for letting me interview you for about sure. this. First off, like congratulations on the In Focus. Thanks. Was that your first In Focus ever? For yeah, you? that was my first In Focus. Um, I didn't think it was. I was going to write In Focus this quarter. For people that might not know, how would you explain what an In Focus is? So an In Focus is like when you take. Um, I guess like taking a problem or like an issue and kind of like go doing more in-depth research into like why it's happening. I think it's just doing an in-depth story on something Northwestern specific. My focus was about the lack of coaching diversity um, in the NCAA, um, specifically when it came to head coaches. And I focused specifically on sports where the majority of uh, majority of the athletes in that sport were black or people of color. Because in a lot of those sports where the majority of the athletes were people of color, the coaching numbers didn't match up. So that's why I really wanted to like, look at why those numbers didn't match up. How did the original idea come about? Representation in the sports is something that's always been important to me. Um, I know at least growing up, I played baseball. I always looked at the black athletes in baseball because there weren't that many. And I wanted to know like how representation was in terms of coaching. Um, I knew in the Big Ten, football-wise, there were a good amount of black head coaches on fo- for football, but for basketball, I think they hadn't had one since like 2015. And I knew that there hadn't been a lot of black head coaches in Big Ten basketball, so I kind of was looking why that was the case. Over the course of the quarter and reporting on this, did your idea pivot in any way? My goal was just to not let any of my preconceived notions about what exactly was involved um, and why why black coaches were not getting those chances. I think I just wanted to go into it with like an open open slate. I think I learned a lot about stuff that maybe I didn't like realize. Um, I know one of them was about like AAU coaching and um, um, black coaches tend to do a lot of AAU coaching, but now with like with new rules, there's less AAU tournaments that NCAA coaches can go to and that affects who gets seen. So I think there were a lot of, there were a lot of new perspectives that came about. Thinking about like the preconceived notions you had to like keep in check, what were those and I guess how did you keep that in check? I think my preconceived notions were that people just didn't want to hire them because they didn't think they were qualified. What I've learned is I don't think necessarily because they don't think they're qualified. I think people just tend to hire who they know, hire people who look like them and who they're comfortable with instead of going outside their comfort zones. I think it's really important as a journalist to not let your biases get in the way. You need to let the sources tell the story. And obviously over like the course of writing this, 
you're writing for like an audience and like to get this story across from what the sources were saying. But I guess how did their stories touch you? There were some very touching stories about um, about the various barriers that come to coaching. Um, every person's story is different and allows you to look at a perspective that you hadn't thought about. I know for black women in coaching in particular, um, I know one, one coach would tell me about how there was another black coach who waited 39 years before she became a head coach at another school. So like 39 years of seeing there being an assistant coach or not being a head coach, like working your way up and you work for 39 years and then you finally get the opportunity. I think that's that's incredible. I think it's dividends to the problems that there are in the NCAA when it comes to coaching and, and how far we have to go in order to make things more equitable for, um, for women of color and for coaches of color in general. Throughout your In Focus, there were like many subtopics of like representation in the Big Ten and intersectionality of like black women coaches. Was there one of those topics that like stood out to you in the reporting process? I think my favorite section is the section about, um, is the section about money and being able to afford to coach. The section was extremely compelling because I think that, that that money, money really does kind of make, make the world go around. It's like a cliche, whatever it is. Like it's definitely a cliche, but I think that um, that money has a huge effect on who gets those opportunities. And there was one coach who, you know, said that he couldn't have had his mom um, pay his rent while he chased the gym of being a head coach. So he had to get a job working at working at J.P. Morgan so that way he could afford to be a coach. And now he's a head coach, but that's not something he could afford at the time, which I think is extremely compelling. And can you talk about like how money, I guess, works in coaching? With coaches, you route is through the graduate assistant role, which is where you're you're an assistant coach, a graduate assistant coach on a team. A couple years of experience where you get to like be on the team, but you can only do it for a certain amount of time, and then you become a head coach. But I think that way is the easiest way because like you're getting directly involved with the team right out of college. But a lot of coach, but they don't make a lot of money, so some people don't have to go right to graduate assistant role. And another thing you wrote about in your article was how even some of the black coaches that got the opportunity to like coach for different programs, it was short-lived. What was that like, I guess, hearing people's stories around that? I mean, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. And another thing that I thought was interesting, again, I think it's about hiring who you're comfortable with. The image of the black coach, they have a shorter lifespan because they, they, have, they have to live to higher expectations very quickly. If they don't, then they just get cut off really quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I guess over the course of working on this in focus, what was the hardest part? <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, there are a lot of hard parts. Um, that's oh, the hardest part. This is the first long story I've ever written before, so it was trying to figure out how to format it in a way in a way where I felt like it was still compelling at the same time, where I was getting my point across. I think the other thing is sources and trying to get people to agree to do interviews. I think that's something that I struggled with early on and then towards the end it started to pick up. It was definitely a learning curve. I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And I guess, what do you hope people that read your article got out of it or thought about after reading it? I just hope that there's awareness drawn to the issue. There are still coaching disparities. I think everybody, Northwestern, the Big Ten, everybody in general has to be better about not not limiting their coaching search to who they know, but really broadening that search and looking for a wide variety of people of diverse backgrounds and communities. I think it all starts at the top with the NCAA and who is hiring. So when you have a diverse group of people hiring at the top, then it'll, lead to, it'll trickle down and be more opportunities for diverse people at the bottom. I think what I want people to take away is that in order to create a diverse kind of community, you have to have diverse communities all around. What has been like the responses you've got from people and just like how are you feeling in general? Overall, I'm just relieved. I'm just really glad that it, it got out before the end of the quarter. 
Um, I was just, I just, I'm just really blessed for the opportunity to be able to write it. I emailed a lot of my sources, and they were like, like, like great job on this. Like, really, like, like, really appreciate you bringing light to this issue, which I really appreciate. And uh, I'm, I'm just blessed for, you know, all my sources for, for being so open with their answers and being so candid. Because it's not an easy topic to talk about. You know, to all the editors who helped me with it, I was really grateful for their work, too. And to everybody who else, who else helped in the process, like Northwestern Archives, who was able to give me information. And all the people who were involved in the background whose names are on the byline, those are the people who I'm most grateful for and uh, thankful for. So I'm, I'm relieved, I'm also super, extremely grateful for everybody who helped out with, the, with it coming together because it wasn't just me. Thanks for listening. This is Cassidy Jackson and I'll see you next time.